It's time for America Outdoors Radio, the show that covers the outdoor scene across the U.S. of A. and the entire continent. Fishing, hunting, conservation, outdoor recreation, and great destinations, we cover it all every week. It's your country, your outdoors. Let's explore it together with your host, John Cruz. Welcome to the show. It's the time of year when you can both cast and blast and have all sorts of fun. That's exactly what I did last weekend, hunting ducks in the morning and then trolling for walleye in the afternoon with my best friend, Rusty. And cast and blast trips, they make a lot of sense. After all, the best hunting for most species is in the morning. So why not spend the afternoon casting for trout, bass, walleye, pike, or panfish? And it's a great time of year to do so because the fish have got the feed bag on with winter coming soon. This week on America Outdoors Radio, we've got three great guests for you. One of them is Bob Baldwin, an avid hunter who is the man behind bowhuntinginfo.com and the co-author of the book, Proper Care and Feeding of a Hunting Buddy. With hunting season underway, we need to talk a little bit about safety. Bob has some good, solid insights on this subject, interspersed with some real-life stories and a little humor to boot. You'll hear from Bob towards the end of our program today. Another guest you'll hear from is our friend Brooks Hansen with Camp Chef. He just got back from a combination duck and grouse hunting trip in Nebraska, and he'll not only tell you about that, but also share an absolutely mouth-watering recipe for deer or elk backstrap that is easy to prepare and cooks fast too. Perfect for either hunting camp or the back patio. Sticking with honey, we'll also get to chat with Jason Dallas. He's with Irish Setter, and they make some great boots in Minnesota for hunters. I got to try out a pair of them, the Pinnacle Hunting Boot, which has become my new favorite. We'll tell you not only about the Pinnacle Hunting Boots, but other boots they have for sale in the Irish Setter line to include some boots that are snake bite proof, just in case you spend a lot of time tromping around in poisonous snake habitat. We've got more than hunting, too. This week, we've got not one, but two state record fish to tell you about. One of them was caught in the east and the other out west. I think you'll be impressed by both of them. Now, usually at this point in the show, I'm introducing our first guest to you. But today, we are going to try something a little different. I call it fishing and hunting reports from around the nation. And we'll start off near Ketchikan, Alaska, home of our affiliate KTKN. There's some good fishing for steelhead to be had around here, starting now and running into January at places like Ward Creek, Fish Creek, Gokachin Creek, Ella Creek, Spit Creek, and the Naha Drainage. If you're looking for something a little different to catch, I've got something for you. Brook trout. It's a species you don't expect to find in the last frontier, but Perseverance Lake has them. And these brookies should be on the bite right now, but you will have to hike about three miles along a trail outside of Ketchikan before you can get at them. Our thanks to the Alaska Department of Fish and Game for this info. Heading from Alaska to Arkansas, the State Fish and Game Commission puts out a fishing report every week, and you may want to head to Beaver Lake in the northwest part of the state because you can catch all sorts of different fish there right now. According to the folks at Southtown Sporting Goods, Bass are all over the board. They're shallow, they're deep, they're on topwater, they're eating plastics, and the fishing is definitely in the fall transition phase. The crappie have been pretty good on minnows and jigs over brush piles. Stripers are fair, 
trolling live bait, and walleye are fair, trolling deep crankbaits or bottom bouncers. The water at Beaver Lake is in the low 70s, and clarity is good. The water level as of the 13th was low. From Arkansas, we'll take you to neighboring Missouri, where Wally Marshall's Big Crappie Expo has been going on since the 20th. And if you are a Saturday listener today, this is the last day to attend this event at the Convention Center in Branson. And you might want to do just that, because there is a big crappie fry going on today from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., And you can gobble up not only some delicious fried crappie, but also some taters and hush puppies too, while you wander the aisles and check out all the vendors that are going to be there. Going west from Missouri to California, the Department of Fish and Wildlife there reports hunters can soon participate in no-fee waterfowl hunts amid restored salt ponds at Eden Landing Ecological Reserve. This is actually on San Francisco Bay in Hayward, California. It's on state land, and access to the reserve will be open to the first 100 hunters on a first-come, first-served basis on the following dates. Now, there's a 5 a.m. check-in you'll want to be there for. The first date it opens up is November 12th. That's a Saturday. Then Tuesday, the 22nd, Saturday, December 3rd, Thursday, December 8th, Saturday, December 17th, and Thursday, December 22nd. There will also be additional hunt days in January. According to the reserve's manager, John Krause, no relation to this John Cruz, Eden Landing waterfowl hunts are unique in that there are no fees charged and hunting is offered on some Tuesdays and Thursdays when other public waterfowl hunting areas are closed. These hunts typically have a three-bird average per season, with northern shoveler and American wigeon being the most common harvest. Heading to the Panhandle and Plains of Texas, the Parks and Wildlife Department there shares their latest fishery report, where OHIV is fishing great. The water is stained at 74 degrees. The white bass are good with live bait and crankbaits, and, and the fishing's good for crappie with jigs and minnows. The largemouth bass, well, it's fluctuated between slow to good, but the catfish have been good on prepared baits, cut bait, and live bait. That reports from the Concho Park and Marina. Heading to Oak Creek Reservoir, the water is lightly stained and the fishing is good for both white bass and crappie, especially at night in the lights. The white bass are running in schools by the dam. The bass are in deeper water, biting worms and deep diving crankbaits. Trolling with spoons and shad imitation baits are also producing bite. And the channel cat fishing has been good on chicken liver and shrimp fished off the docks. This report provided by Randall Pete at Sportsman's Lodge. The fishing at Possum Kingdom Reservoir, I love the name of that lake, is also good. The water is also lightly stained. It's running 70 to 73 degrees. The striper fishing is still slow, as is the fishing for sand bass. But the fishing for catfish has been good on points and flats and in depths of 20 to 30 feet. Fishing shad 5 to 10 feet off the bottom. The water clarity is about 3 to 6 feet deep. Water levels should be dropping quickly for quite a while. That report's provided by T.J. Ramp with Ramp Guide Service. Finally, steelhead anglers in Washington and Oregon have been struggling to find fish in the coastal tributaries as of late, but one place they are biting well are in the tributaries of Lake Erie. According to the New York Department of Environmental Conservation, anglers have been catching steelhead in Cattaraugus Creek for a few weeks now. But the run on the other creeks got a jump start 
on last week's high water event. Steelhead have now pushed through Gowanda and into Zor Valley on Cataraugus Creek. The cat, as they call it, is in good shape at 200 cubic feet per second as of October 14th. And at this level, holes and runs are more defined, making it a good time to do some scouting. Following last week's flow bump, the other streams had good fishable flows from Thursday through Sunday, and many were fishing well. If the water levels are low, it is best to downsize baits in line and move stealthily and target deeper holes on these streams. You can also pray for rain because when it comes, there'll probably be another push of steelhead into Cataragus Creek. And you can target them fishing along the break wall or wading off of creek mouths and casting spoons and spinners. And with that, you have now heard our first fishing and hunting reports from around the nation. And do me a favor, let me know what you think. Is this segment a keeper on a weekly basis, or should we go back to that fourth guest we usually have for you on the show? You can let me know by emailing me through our website at americaoutdoorsradio.com or message me on Facebook at America Outdoors Radio. I always value your opinion. Look at Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Why is Alaska like no other place on earth? It hasn't changed in thousands of years. From the way you get here on a float plane to the way you go out with the guides and the boats, it's just a professional experience. And I said, this is as good as it gets. I said, if you can't catch fish here, you can't catch fish anywhere. Your experience with us will leave you speechless. Book now at alaskasbestlodge.com. Come explore the Dalles in Oregon for outdoors fun. Hike amongst the wildflowers, bike our riverfront trail, or visit the Gorge Discovery Center where you can enjoy a live raptor display. Or even check out our National Neon Sign Museum. But don't forget the fishing. We've got salmon, steelhead, bass, walleye, and monster-sized sturgeon waiting just for you. When the day is done, tell those tall tales at one of our wineries, breweries, or restaurants and plan your next adventure. Find out more at explorethedalles.com. Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter, full of the gear you need to succeed this hunting season. Firearms, ammo, archery equipment, decoys, clothing, boots, and more. Find a location near you or shop online today at sportsmans.com. Are you looking to reel in the marketing opportunity of a lifetime? Then set the hook because we've got it right here for you. America Outdoors Radio has sponsorships available, and we offer affordable platforms to reach thousands of listeners interested in fishing, hunting, and the outdoors. Find out more by contacting John Cruz through his website at americaoutdoorsradio.com. That's americaoutdoorsradio.com. Hurry, though. If you wait too long, the big opportunity might just get away. americaoutdoorsradio.com. Country Hunters and Anglers. You may have heard of us, but what are we about? BHA is the voice for your wild public lands, waters, and wildlife. From national level policy work to boots on the ground projects like public land cleanups, we work across North America to uphold the legacy of our public lands and waters, as well as your opportunity to hunt, fish, and recreate on them. Stand up for public lands and waters and become a BHA member today. Visit backcountryhunters.org. 
Next up on America Outdoors Radio, we've got Jason Dallas on the line. He's coming at us from the great state of Minnesota. That's the home for Irish Setter. They make some fantastic hunting boots, and they were kind enough to send me a pair of Pinnacle hunting boots to check out. I absolutely love them. Jason, welcome to the show. Hey, John. Thanks for having me. Your PR company sent me a pair of 7-inch Pinnacle hunting boots, and, and I've got to tell you, these are probably the best hunting boots I've ever worn. Had them out on a quail hunt, went over some varied terrain, and boy, they just are solid in terms of ankle support. The fit is fantastic. The feel and wear is very comfortable, very rugged. You know, the tread's fantastic, too. Can't say enough good things about the Pinnacle hunting boot. Hey, John, that's awesome to hear. That's one of our more premium boots, and we did try to pack in as many features and benefits as we could into that style boot. You know, starting with the sole unit, it's exactly what you said. It's built, designed, and engineered to be on uneven terrain. A lot of the technology we put in there without getting into too much detail is really meant to keep your foot upright and prevent ankle rolls or ankle injuries. The upper of the boot uses a lot of full-grain leather, which we make, you know, right here in Red Wing, Minnesota. It's got our proprietary camel pattern on it, which we call earth field camel. It's a little bit different than a lot of other maybe camel leathers you've seen where a film is applied to the leather where we're dyeing this camel pattern deep into the leather so it does not wear off. But uh, ankle protection, ankle stability. Yeah, we've got different types of foam built into the upper of the boot to really cradle your foot, you know, and as I mentioned, keep you from having any injuries and allowing you to go off-road all-terrain. Well, I'll tell you what, the, the ankle support in particular has become very important to me because a lot of our listeners know last August, uh, we're talking last year, I broke my, my leg right above the ankle. And I now have a souvenir metal plate with 13 screws attaching that fibula to the ankle. And it's, it's a real issue in terms of you know getting around as an upland bird hunter. So the ankle support that these boots provide is fantastic. Got a question for you, though. And this has to do with a different size of boots. You know, you see seven-inch hunting boots like this Pinnacle, and I personally prefer the lower boots. But you also see nine-inch boots and even 12-inch boots. You know, what should you be picking in terms of the right height? Well, John, that's a, that's a really good question. It all depends on, I guess, what type of terrain you're getting into, the conditions you're in, and, and a little bit of your personal preference, too. So if you're more concerned about weight of the boot, obviously a shorter boot is going to be lighter in weight. If you're looking for more of that ankle stability, taller the boot, probably the better. And also, you know, like waterproof features, most, if not all of our, our boots use our ultra dry waterproof membrane. So if you're in taller grass or if you're going to be in some, you know, fairly deep snow, you're going to want a taller boot. So it really just comes down to terrain and, and personal preference there. I've noticed that a lot of, what shall we say, mountain boots for people who might be bighorn sheep hunters or, or going into the high country after mountain goats. Those tend to be taller boots. Why is that? It's all about that ankle stability, really. Just, you know, you want to keep your, your foot, your ankle from rolling over and twisting in a way it's not meant to do, uh, especially when you're in that, you know, uneven terrain and, and rocks and, and things of that nature. Um, the last thing you want to worry about is your feet, right, when you're on these hunts or you're, you're out on an adventure. So if you can get the right boot at the right height and it's going to keep you safe, keep your foot and your ankle locked in, that's really the key. Let's swing over from hunting boots to rubber boots. Uh, your mud trek boots, 
I got a hold of those a couple years ago. And, and again, we've got a tip of the hat to Irish Setter. Uh, best pair of muck boots I have owned by far. Absolutely love them. What are some of the features you have in those? Oh, there's a lot of features in our mud truck boots as well. These are 17 inch boots. So we're, you know, you're covering a good portion of your leg up toward your knee, which is great for waterproof protection. They're 100% waterproof guaranteed with our vulcanized rubber. Scent control, that's another big feature with the mud tracks. You know, a lot of, especially uh, whitetail hunting, you know, you want to contain that scent and, and having that 17-inch boot really helps with that. And then just, you know, kind of being sort of a easy on, easy off type of footwear too. You know, with a rubber boot, you don't need to lace them up or anything like that. And And what we've offered is two different types of fit with these boots. We have a more athletic fit, which is really going to hug your ankle. It's a little bit sleeker. Uh, if you're running and gunning, even after turkeys, that's the type of boot you'd probably want to wear. Some of our other mud trick styles are what we call the full fit. So it's a little bit larger ankle area, a little more volume inside that boot. So if you have a higher instep or maybe a wider foot, you're going to want to go that route. But it also allows room for a heavier weight sock, you know, for a little added warmth if you're hunting in colder weather. Though I have to admit, the mud trick boots I had had fantastic insulation definitely kept me nice and warm even without heavy socks great that's awesome to hear yeah we use primaloft insulation in our mud trek styles it's it's proven you know it's a well-known brand that's out there and it's worked well for us i've got to ask about one style of the mud trek boots you sell it's the snake guard boots and obviously it's meant to protect you from snake bites but i couldn't really figure out what the difference was between the regular mud trek boot and the snake guard boot that's a good question john our snake guard mud trek boots are built a little bit differently in that they include a, uh, an extra layer which is a non-woven which is placed between the rubber and the neoprene sock uh, this non-woven material prevents snake bites because it's impenetrable so really uh the boot overall you know is very much like a regular mud trek but you've got that added protection to keep the fangs from puncturing through I'm guessing you're not selling a whole lot of those in Minnesota or Wisconsin or where I live out in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, Where are consumers buying these and what kind of activities are they engaged in besides snake wrangling? (laughs) We do sell a few up, you know, into Minnesota. You know, believe it or not, we've got some some rattlers along the Mississippi and the bluffs here. But we do sell a majority of them down south. So Florida, Mississippi, Arkansas, Texas is a big one. And, you know, people down there are wearing them for hunting, you know, big game, turkey, but also like foresters, uh, game and fish personnel, even ranchers are are wearing these just to have that protection. That makes perfect sense. Well, folks, we got to leave it at that. But if you're looking for a quality pair of boots, look no further than Irish Center, whether you want uh, the pinnacle hunting boot like I've got or the epic wing shooter boots that have been around forever that are favored by upland bird hunters or if you're a waterfowler or somebody who's a whitetail deer hunter you're hunting anywhere where it's mucky check out the mud trek boots if you're in snake country check out the mud trek snake guard boots you'll find all of these at irishcenterboots.com and at big box stores like sportsman's warehouse shields cabela's and bass pro as well jason thanks for sharing this with us today on america outdoors radio thanks john appreciate the opportunity Switching from hunting to fishing, my best friend Rusty Johnston and I got out last weekend for some walleye fishing on our favorite lake. And you know what? The walleye fishing was pretty good. We came back with nine eater-sized walleye. And before Rusty went to work on those with his fillet knife, 
he took a couple of minutes and sharpened that knife, and he did so with his Ken Onion Edition Knife and Tool Sharpener. This is an electric knife and tool sharpener. It's got a great grip that you can hold. It's got an abrasive belt that really sharpens up those fillet knives and other knives and tools in a hurry. And he did just that, and he took care of those fish lickety-split thanks to his sharp knife sharpened by the Ken Onion Edition Knife and Tool Sharpener. If you want to check out this best-selling knife sharpener and all sorts of other knife sharpeners and tool sharpeners too, Go to WorksharpTools.com. That's the website, WorksharpTools.com. And look for the Ken Onion Edition Knife and Tool Sharpener and other products from WorkSharp. You'll also find WorkSharp products at quality sporting goods stores near you. Ready to step up to a quality-built rifle or shotgun that's a true classic? Check out Henry Repeating Arms, American-made. There's over 200 models to choose from in a variety of finishes and calibers for hunters and target shooters. Many of these are lever-action models with a look right out of the Old West. Don't be deceived, though. Henry Repeating Arms are modern, rugged, accurate, reliable, and have a lifetime guarantee. Find out more and order a free catalog today at HenryUSA.com. That's HenryUSA.com. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nationwide nonprofit organization dedicated to providing hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under who suffer from life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. These adventures make big differences in the lives of those who participate in them, and in many cases are literally a dream come true that brings hope and therapy to their lives. Find out more, get involved, or donate today at huntofalifetime.org. That's huntofalifetime.org. Huntofalifetime.org. You're back in with America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz, and we've got Brooks Hansen on the line with Camp Chef. He just got back from a combo hunting trip in the state of Nebraska. Brooks, welcome to the show. Hey, John. It's good to be on the show. I hope things are going well for you. Had an interesting weekend, uh, opening day of duck hunting season. We didn't do too well, but we sure cleaned up on walleye fishing after that, so I have no complaints. Tell me how your hunting trip for grouse and ducks went in Nebraska. I went about as as good as planned. We uh, we had a great time. We met up with some outdoor riders and set up a camp in uh, kind of northern central Nebraska. Nice big wall tent and canvas tents for people to stay in, and we hit the sandhills. Did everything from picking sandburrs out of dogs' feet to uh, jumping several coveys of uh, sharp-tailed grouse and prairie chickens. Oh, very nice. You know, I have never had the opportunity to hunt sharp tails or prairie chickens, but I understand it can be a little challenging because they like to hang out in areas where they can see you from a long distance. They were super flighty this trip. So uh, they would see us and get us pegged at probably 100, 150 yards. And so trying to get them to hold still was tough. We we jumped several coveys, jumped them pretty early. We'd pick up a few singles here and there, which was beneficial to us. But on our second and third day, the wind really picked up. We had some 20 to 30 mile an hour wind gusts. And so that was a benefit for us because they were hiding in kind of out of the wind areas in the sand hills. And so it allowed us to get in on them with the dogs. And so we were able to scratch out a few birds that way, which was which was nice. How did the duck hunting part go? Duck hunting was great. You know, in that flyway, there's a, a lot of ponds, ir- irrigation ponds and reservoirs. 
And uh, we just on a whim was able to uh, go set up on a few of those, throw out a few decoys, really minimal. I think we set up in two different groups and set out about four to five decoys and the teal were just in there thick as can be. And so we just did evening hunts for that. And we'd sit for about two or three hours and we just about had a three to four man limit in each group every night. So ducks were coming in in droves. It was it was pretty fun watching the till just do it right and just kind of ball up and come right into the spread. And then they enjoyed my shooting because it never connected. So the other guys helped me out a little. So, <laughs> Well, I love shooting at teal. It's one of uh, life's greatest pleasures as far as I'm concerned. Glad you had a great hunt. Let's shift gears here. A lot of folks are hitting the woods, hitting the fields, going after deer. Soon they'll be heading for elk too. And the most prized part of a deer or an elk is the back strap. Why don't you explain to our listeners who don't know why this cut of meat is so darn tasty? You know, it's the most popular it's, in my opinion, it's it's the same as a, a prime rib when you're talking beef cows. I mean, that's that rib roast. It comes right along the side of the back. It's a muscle that doesn't get used, so it's not as tight. So it doesn't have as many tendons, and it's strictly just a piece of protein meat. So it's just uh, super soft, super tender, super forgiving, and you can do so many things with it. In my opinion, a backstrap is something that you're going to cook hot and fast. That's like your your premier steaks. That's something that you want to eat medium rare or even rare for some folks. Yeah, so it's it's a great cut of meat. It's probably the most popular, but it's a muscle on a deer or elk's body that just doesn't get a lot of use, and so it stays so tender. That and the tenderloins on the under half of it. Well, let's talk about a recipe that you posted on the Camp Chef website at campchef.com. Stuffed venison backstrap. This one speaks to me because it includes... Not only the backstrap, but also several ingredients I love, mushrooms, bacon, and cream cheese. Go ahead and walk us through how to prepare this. It only takes 10 minutes to prep and 15 minutes to cook. Yeah, it's a, it's a quick one. So um, one of my favorites, if I'm going to stuff a backstrap, if I don't just leave it plain, is this, this venison stuffed backstrap. It's super easy. You're going to soften some cream cheese. You're going to dice up some bacon and grill bacon and, put, and dice up an onion and dice up mushrooms, and you're going to saute all those in the pan till the onions get translucent, right till the, the mushrooms just get soft, um, and the bacon is nice and crispy. You're going to mix that into the softened cream cheese. Then you're going to take your backstrap loin. I like to do about 8-inch loins, leave the loins whole, cut them in about 8- to 10-inch to uh, strips, or not strips, but chunks. Then you're going to butterfly right half of the, the back strap. You don't want to go all the way through. Think of it like slicing a hot dog bun. And you're going to fold it over, and then you're going to take that cream cheese uh, filling with your mushrooms and onions and bacon and spread it in, and then you're going to sprinkle breadcrumbs. The breadcrumbs are going to help bind it together and hold it together. Then ah. fold it right back over the top. Grab some butcher string or toothpicks. You can get some long toothpicks or skewers and have that hold the flap together. Or use butcher twine. And just tie it off with butcher twine. Butcher twine's a little easier. And then you're going to get a hot cast iron pan, or you can use a barbecue grill, and you're going to grill it off. And you want to go about, I would say, three to four minutes per side, because you want to get that medium rare. You want to get that internal temperature of the protein or the meat side right around 120 to 125 degrees. Pull it off, let it rest, slice and serve. It's uh, one of my family's favorites. You know, I can see... How you ended up with the job that you have. That sounds like an absolutely delicious recipe and perfect for uh, anybody who wants to enjoy some delicious venison. 
you know, it's a it's a great way to to get creative with your back strap. Some people like them plain. I'm one of those guys. I also like to get a little creative and, and try new things, and that's one that adds a different uh, flavor profile and a little different texture. It's fun to do, and I'll tell you what, my kids absolutely love it. Oh, I have no doubt. I would love it, too. I'm definitely going to try this one out. Again, folks, it's the Stuffed Venison Backstrap Recipe. You'll find it under the Recipes page at CampChef.com, and they've got all sorts of recipes for wild game and non-wild game, too. Check it out at CampChef.com, and check out all the products available. You can also find CampChef products in quality sporting goods stores and all sorts of other quality stores near you. Brooks, thanks for sharing this with us today. Always appreciate it. You bet. Thanks, John. Take care. This portion of the show was brought to you by our friends at Henry Repeating Arms, and they still have a few of their Golden Boy Silver Anniversary Edition 22 caliber lever action tribute rifles available. If you are looking for an absolutely beautiful made-in-America lever action rifle to hang on your wall or shoot at the range and impress all of your friends, you've got to buy one of these. There's only a thousand of them that have been made. They sell for a thousand dollars each and all of the proceeds are going to their Guns for Great Causes program. This is the program where Henry donates money to children in need from medical procedures to nonprofit organizations like the Veterans of Foreign Wars and Tunnels to Towers and other nonprofit groups that have benefited from the generosity of Henry Repeating Arms, a family owned American manufacturer of over 200 models of rifles. But this one's very special. Again, it's the Golden Boy Silver Anniversary Edition. There's only a thousand available, they're going to sell out soon. And if you want one, go to HenryUSA.com. Check it out. Absolutely beautiful rifle. The Golden Boy Silver Anniversary Edition. The website again, HenryUSA.com. And now it's time for a big fish story. It's record fish time. From the fishing wire, we learned John Veda caught a new state record hybrid striped bass in Monksville Reservoir on October 9th. The fish weighed 16 pounds, 10 ounces, and measured 31 inches in length with a girth of 23 inches. Don't have the details on how it was caught, but I can tell you it replaces a record that had stood since 1999. The fish was most likely from a small New Jersey fish and wildlife stocking Back in May of 2017, congratulations, Mr. Veda, on a terrific catch. Congratulations on your new record. Stick around. We've got more of the outdoors coming your way to include some very good information about keeping safe while you're hunting this season.
We've been telling you about Sportsman's Cove Lodge in southeast Alaska for a while now, and there's a reason. They are the only Alaska lodge we talk about in this show. It's because they're truly Alaska's best lodge. The adventure starts with a float plane ride from Ketchikan, after which you'll get the chance to experience some of the best hospitality, food, and wonderful people you'll ever meet. Wildlife is abundant, from bears and deer to eagles and whales, and let's not forget the reason you're here, the fishing. Halibut, salmon, lingcod, rockfish, true cod, and more. It's all waiting for you in abundance at Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Book your trip today at alaskasbestlodge.com. That's alaskasbestlodge.com for Sportsman's Cove Lodge. In today's news, I'm cooking a brisket. Let's go to Jill at my house to see how it's going. This is your house and you brought me and the crew to check on your brisket? That's correct, Jill. How's it looking? This is a Camp Chef Woodwind Wi-Fi. You know you you can check your cook right from your phone, right? I didn't know that was an option, Jill. Well, never mind. But before you leave, can you feed the dog? What? No, no. When we get back, why is my check engine light on? The answer may shock me. Hunting and fishing are exercises in hope. Before you head into the woods, you hope to tag out on a deer you'll have to field dress. Before you make that first cast, you hope for a big fish to clean and fillet. When your hopes are realized, you'll need a sharp knife. Whether you sharpen that blade on a power sharpener in the shop or a manual sharpener in the field, WorkSharp has the tool for you. Look for WorkSharp products in sporting and stores near you or online at WorkSharpTools.com. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nationwide nonprofit organization dedicated to providing hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under who suffer from life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. These adventures make big differences in the lives of those who participate in them, and in many cases are literally a dream come true that brings hope and therapy to their lives. Find out more, get involved, or donate today at huntofalifetime.org. That's huntofalifetime.org. Huntofalifetime.org. Next up on America Outdoors Radio, it is hunting season for most of us. And unfortunately, every hunting season, there are accidents that result in injuries and fatalities. That's why we've got Bob Baldwin on the line. He's coming at us today from northern Michigan. He's an avid bow hunter. As a matter of fact, he is the man behind bowhuntinginfo.com. He also has written a book with his hunting partner, Jay Ledbetter, called Proper Care and Feeding of a Hunting Buddy and... Jay and Bob also have a YouTube channel, and you can find that at Bob N J. That's Bob letter N J. Check it all out. I think you'll enjoy it. Bob, welcome to the show. Boy, John, it's great to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. Like I said, unfortunately, every year with hunting season comes hunting accidents. Let's talk about the number one thing you can do to prevent a lot of these hunting accidents, and it, it all comes down to not hunting alone, doesn't it? You know, in my opinion, it really does. We've written this book, Proper Care and Feeding of a Hunting Buddy, and it's really a humorous articulation of some of our exercises. But really, it's more about being safe when we're in the wild. Jay and I have hunted in uh, Ontario, Alberta, Colorado, Montana, Texas, Michigan, number of places. And some of those places, being out there in the, in the wild, just getting into a tree stand, doing things with guns or with bows and arrows and things like that, those 
those are all dangerous or can be dangerous things. And it's important to have somebody that knows where you're at, knows how to reach you, knows if something is going to go wrong, that somebody very quickly can be there to take care of whatever might happen. So one of the first safety features from my perspective, and you hear this frequently, let somebody know where you're going to be, right? Yes, absolutely. And you know, it's funny you say this. I actually broke my leg, not this August, but the August prior, and I broke all those rules. I was camping with the dog, and I was going to go to one place and last minute changed my mind, went to another place. There was no cell service. I took a fall, broke my leg right above the ankle, and I was oh. in a bit of a pickle there. I was. I managed to extricate myself, but that was not the smart thing to do. So you're absolutely right about let somebody know where you're going, where you're going to be, and when you're expected back. But getting back to hunting with somebody else, I think to myself of the hunting accidents that I hear about. You know, with waterfowl hunters, number one cause is people falling out of boats without a life jacket and drowning. Another thing you hear about is hunters in bear country. As a matter of fact, there was just a grizzly bear attack on a pheasant hunter near Shoto, Montana. And again, these hunters generally who suffer these bear attacks, they're hunting alone. What are some of the other common accidents that you see every year? Well, I hope I don't see very many of them, but there's almost always a, an, an accident where a hunter shoots at or or shoots somebody right. um, for whatever reason. And I got to tell you, I remember as a 12-year-old hunting squirrels during the day and bow hunting in the afternoon. I remember an incident where your mind, people don't realize that your mind can play tricks on you. What you think you see isn't necessarily what's there. That's why people will very frequently say, I thought it was a deer. And the example that I had, and I tell this story to everybody that I talk to, I'd been shooting squirrels with a 22 during the day, and I'd shot four or five squirrels the, the previous day. And I went out one early morning, bow hunting, going out to, to a place. And I saw just off the, the, the trail that I was on, I saw what I thought was a tail of a squirrel flipping, right? You know how a squirrel sure. flips that tail around? And I turned to look. I had a arrow on my bow, and I looked at that, and I immediately saw a squirrel. It wasn't a squirrel. It was another one of my friends bow hunting, and he had a pair of black gloves on, and he was waving his hand just like a squirrel would wave his tail. And I thought it was a squirrel. I could have shot him. I was within a gnat's hair of drawing my bow and taking a shot at that. So people need to realize that what your, your mind will play tricks on you. Make sure that you know exactly what it is that you're trying to take a shot at before you do so. That is a great story and some great advice. One other thing we should touch on, used to be quite a few ad campaigns about this, and PSAs don't hear them as much anymore. Tree stand accidents, that's still a leading cause of accidents in the field, isn't it? Oh, it is. And I have fallen out of a tree on more than one occasion. And frankly, I've reached a point where I take Matthew chapter 28, literally, where it says, and lo, I am with you always, right? So, <laughs> um, so, but that's a perfect example. And it's another one of those reasons why you want to make certain that you're hunting with somebody, because even if you've got a safety harness on, if you can't extract yourself from the safety harness, you can cut the circulation off on your legs. If you end up going upside down, I mean, there's still lots and lots of danger with tree stands, right? So make sure that when you're hunting, and look, I've got a 
son-in-law who hunts by himself all the time, and I tell him, let me know where you're going to be. How do I find you? Don't change places without letting us know. So by 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock at night, if you're not in there, I know to start telling my bride to start looking for a new husband. <laughs> well, absolutely fantastic advice. We'll wove it in with some great stories. And, folks, if you buy the book by Baldwin and Jay Ledbetter, Proper Care and Feeding of a Hunting Buddy, you'll get a whole lot more of this. And, again, check out their YouTube channel, Bob and Jay. And don't forget to check out bowhuntinginfo.com, too. Bob, thanks for sharing all of this with us. And I suspect I'm going to be ringing you up again to be on America Outdoors Radio. We would love it very much. Next time, maybe I'll let you talk with Jay because he's a lot funnier than I am. So (laughs) thanks so much, John. We told you about a record fish earlier in the show, but you know what? One is never enough. Let's break out another record. From the Idaho Department of Fish and Game, congratulations are in order to Haley Thomas of Rigby, Idaho, on catching a new catch-and-release state record from Henry's Lake. Haley hooked the 36-inch long monster rainbow cutthroat hybrid on October 4th while fishing with her family on the renowned East Idaho Lake. Haley's fish comfortably cruises past a prior record, a 30-inch rainbow cutthroat caught out of the Snake River in 2018. Haley and her husband Shane set out on the lake with their two kids, hoping to enjoy an afternoon of warm fall weather and hopefully catch a few nice trout that October day. Despite the beautiful weather, the water was a bit off color and fishing was slow. By mid-afternoon, they were struggling to locate fish with only a few trout to hand. As they raised the anchor to move spots, though, Haley hooked up on a very heavy fish. As her husband Shane recalls, Haley did a phenomenal job fighting the fish and keeping it out of the abundant weeds notorious for knocking large trout off the line. After a stressful minute or so, Shane reached out and scooped up the fish. The net he usually uses for chasing carp looks so small the fish barely fit in it. Upon scooping up the fish, Shane, who is a seasoned angler and previous state record holder himself, yelled with excitement, That's the biggest trout I've seen in my life. Knowing they landed something special, they used the boat's live well to help the fish recover and suspecting they may have caught a record. The angling pair got the measurement and photos needed to document the catch. At 36 inches long with a 21-inch girth, the fish might have weighed anywhere from 17 to 20 pounds. After a quick photo, Haley released that lunker trout back into the lake to fight another day. Henry's Lake is in eastern Idaho. It's famous for its blue ribbon trout fishing and it's home to native Yellowstone cutthroat trout as well as rainbow cutthroat hybrids and brook trout. The trout grow quickly at this productive lake and often reach trophy sizes. Spring and fall are favorite seasons for anglers to chase the lake's abundant trout, though the weather conditions can be challenging. So, If you're looking for a place to maybe catch a record trout, you know there's at least one of those swimming around in there, and there's probably a few more on top of that. And if you want to see a picture of Haley with that monster rainbow cut hybrid, just go to our America Outdoors Radio Facebook page. We've got it posted for you there. As for you, Haley Thomas, way to go. That is one heck of a fish. And thanks to the Idaho Department of Fish and Game for actually having a catch-and-release category for record fish. Congratulations on your new record.
On that note, it's time to wrap things up. I would like to ask you for some input. Want to know how you felt about this new segment that we're rolling out, the hunting and fishing reports from around the nation. Would you like to see us continue that, or should we just get back to getting a fourth guest like we usually do? I'd love your feedback. You can shoot me an email through our website at americaoutdoorsradio.com and let me know what you think. And if you do like it and you just happen to be a guide or a sporting goods retailer, maybe you own a tackle shop or a bait shop and you want to contribute, we'd love to get your reports. You can send them to us through that email address at americaoutdoorsradio.com. My thanks, as always, to our great guests, Bob Baldwin and Jason Dallas from Irish Center, and, of course, Brooks Hansen from Camp Chef. Every time I talk to him, I walk away hungry. Go figure. On that note, it is time to go, but here's hoping you are blessed in the days ahead, and here's hoping that, like me, you get out for a little hunting and fishing because this is a great month to do so. After all, it is your country and your outdoors, so get out there and enjoy it. (laughs) 